0: With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them.
1: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to VQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Plenty of Thanksgiving slash Black Friday games to get to, so let's jump right on in. We'll start with the Packers and the Lions. Detroit's a a 7.5 point favorite at home with a total of 47. Joe, how are you playing it?
2: man, I've uh you know both teams. I feel like I'm trying to figure out exactly what they are. like the Lions have this great record. Uh, they've been winning close games of late. They probably had not much business winning. This weekend against the Bears, but the Bears were the Bears. And uh two touchdown drives later at the very end of the game when all the numbers are saying the Bears were gonna win that game. The Lions pull it off. The Lions almost covered the seven and a half in uh in that one. And it's the exact same point spread, same spot, same point spread. Um are they telling us there's no difference between the Bears and the Packers? That's kind of what they're telling us right now uh, with this point spread. I would I would not agree with that at all. Uh, the Packers are definitely better than the Bears. Uh, now, we've seen the improved output from this Packers offense. They hit about that 400 mark this week against the Chargers, a couple weeks ago against the Rams. So is that about the opponent or what? Because other weeks in there, tougher defenses, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, they didn't do as much. I don't think you can deny that uh, Jordan Love is getting better. I always have a tough time with Packers props because I never know like where the red zone targets are going, which running back is going to be involved. Okay, it's going to be a Dylan game mm-hmm. if Aaron Jones misses, but Dylan hasn't been all that efficient this year. If you look at the red zone targets, Reed's near the top. He's been involved a lot. Uh, ground game as well. Uh Dobbs he's tied for the lead with 12 red zone targets on the year Musgrave gets looks Wicks lately not interested in Christian Watson at all which that's been the surprising part with the Packers receivers to me because I thought he was going to be a big part of the offense one of the guys the one of the few guys that had some experience on this team um I I'm not looking at a repeat of week four guys I mean week four the Packers were a different team Jordan Love much more inexperienced uh, Lions dominated four Oh one to 230 in the yardage. They ran all day Montgomery. That was a three touchdown game, 211 rushing yards in that game. So I'm sure that's going to be the thinking where they, they want to run again on the Packers. And they'll probably try that, especially after golf through three interceptions at home uh, this past week uh, against the bears. But uh, you know, the Packers have some talent on defense as well. Lions teasers are going to be popular. I'm thinking right now, Packers plus seven and a half. I think they can hang in this game.
3: Yeah, you sold me. For a while, I was betting Jordan Love rushing props, and then he's fell off. Yeah. What was interesting is his passing game has taken off. So maybe he has figured something out. Over 300 yards last week, almost 300 yards against Pittsburgh, 228 against the Rams. I think this is the the Packers seem to be trending in a in the right direction. So I think betting mm-hmm. them as underdogs as you pointed out uh, is a good look here in this situation.
1: I agree the Packers are trending up. It's why we bandied about the idea of them making the playoffs and and certainly I still feel that way. And Joe, I agree with you that Okay, what happened in the previous game really doesn't matter here because look, it's it's a divisional game. You play him again, turns into a chess match, you make necessary adjustments that the opponent's on effect, all that stuff. I, I think all oh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Right. Disagree is kind of the overall outcome because I am backing the Lions here in large part because yes, the Packers are better than the Bears, but no, in that I think this is just a bad matchup for this Packers defense. I think this is a get right spot for Jared Goff more than anything else because of the matchup more than anything else. Look, Jared Goff loves to throw crossing routes. He does it about as much as any quarterback in the NFL, and he's certainly on the personnel to do it. It's one of the reasons why betting Lions props is so tricky because those crossing routes can be run by a lot of different guys. It can be running backs. It could be St. Brown. It could be all sorts of different guys. And one thing that Goff and the Lions, especially Ben Johnson, they all understand this really, really well, is – You control the middle third part of the field, you are controlling the ball game. And the Lions do this about as well as any offense in football. Even though Jared Goff doesn't have massive numbers, strategically, they are about as sound as any offense. And so the fact that I think they can control this middle third of the field really well is helpful. Not to mention the Packers defense, despite having a lot of talent, they have struggled defending the middle third part of the field. They rank 31st in terms of success rate, just ahead of the L.A. Chargers when it comes to defending the middle third. So I think that's how the Lions will win this game and cover the larger spread, Joe. What do you think?
2: Uh, Goff might be the best quarterback that they've faced all year. That's something else Mm -hmm. that that you probably want to take into account. So, I mean, Vegas, Denver, Minnesota, when it was still Cousins out there, but most recently, Rippon, Pickett, and then there's, of course, Herbert. But he doesn't have his weapons, so is it really the same? Yeah, no, it's it's a tough call. I, I, I'm not sitting here saying it's my favorite play of Thanksgiving. But if I'm making a play on this game, that's that's the direction that, uh, that I would go. I, I just don't think there's been enough of a market correction on Green Bay yet.
3: Also, there is, in terms of DVOA, the Lions are quite a bit better. Um, So Mm -hmm. it's hard to say because it's sort of a small sample size that we've really been seeing this Packers team playing better. So you don't want to factor in DVOA too much. But this does feel like one matchup where you might be able to get some value on some props is it could be uh, Jameer Gibbs or David Montgomery game because the Packers rushing defense is not very good.
1: Anytime no. touchdown, I'd probably like those. I'm wondering too. Uh, you know, if we're if the market is saying okay, this is probably going to be a 27-20 final with the Lions. Let's say the Lions team totals like 26 and a half, 27 and a half, something like that. Isn't the safe place just to take the over on that and just call it a day? Yeah, I,
2: and uh, the team total.
1: Yeah, like if it's something around yeah. like 27, something like that isn't the safest play just to take the over on that. And, you know, if you don't want to bet on anything else and that's a fine approach for the game in general.
2: Could be. Yeah. And, and, you know, even though David Montgomery has been back for a couple of weeks, Gibbs is getting the majority of time out there. It's, it's slight, but you know, you would think last week would be a spot where, okay, um, Montgomery it's against his former team, been back a couple of weeks from the injury that maybe it'd be closer to even, it was 56% versus 40% uh, in the backfield. So I wonder how they handle it this week. Montgomery had so much success against this defense. And that was, I believe that was the game, right? Week four, was Gibbs there? No, Gibbs was healthy then. Or maybe he went down to the injury in that game. But yeah, Montgomery, a monster performance. Wondering how Campbell and Ben Johnson handle that one. Like, is it going to be more Gibbs the way they've been trending, or do they go back and say, "Look, Montgomery, this is this is the team that he smashed. Why not give him more opportunities?"
3: That's a tough one to figure out who's going to be getting the volume yeah. there. Are the pop props posted? Not yet. I see
2: some. I see touchdown okay. scores. I see one. a few. How- How do we think the
3: Aaron Jones injury will affect things on the other side? Not only can he run it, but he can be a good pass catching back too.
1: I don't think it's that big of a deal, to be honest. I mean, especially if game script is telling us that the Lions can win this thing by more than a touchdown, then it's going to have to be this passing attack that keeps the Packers in it. And especially with the way the Lions play defense philosophically and with personnel, uh, I mean, the safeties have been great for the Lions, I think. So I think this is something where Jordan Love's going to have to have a shorter passing game, but continue to do that, uh, acquiring chunk plays that way for the Packers really to have any chance to win this.
2: Yeah, but but Aaron Jones is usually part of that short passing game, though, too. Right? Again, so yeah, I, yeah. That, that, that's where you miss him. Also not the Aaron Jones that we remember from years past. Mm-hmm. Right? He's at. You know, he's been around a while now. He he's, doesn't have the same explosion. He has two rushing touchdowns, one receiving touchdown on the year. So he hasn't been uh, been adding as much, if if we're being honest.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair assessment. How about we move on now to the Commanders and the Cowboys? Dallas 11-point favorites in this one with a total of 48.5. Uh, I guess this will qualify as a trend or truth question, Joe, because – Uh, The Cowboys on Thanksgiving, 1-11 in their last 12 against the spread. Does that mean you're automatically backing the Commanders? I love it. Whoa. Of course.
2: It's an automatic. (laughs) I didn't even know that number. I I do know just anecdotally sitting down and watching these Cowboys games with high expectations a lot of years, and they're not covering. Sometimes they're not winning, you know, just based off memory, but I didn't know it was that extreme. Against the number. Mm-hmm. Whew. Yeah, I mean, there's there's got to be value on the Commanders just because of what just happened. Tommy DeVito beat you. They blew up survivor pools. People remember that. They remember the six turnovers. Tommy DeVito was never going to win an NFL game, and then he did because of the Commanders and all the turnovers. So, uh, yeah, there's value on the Commander's side. Now, going against that argument, What do the Cowboys do? They beat up bad teams. I feel like sometimes we talk Mm -hmm. about the Commanders, you know, this pat if we're not including this past week, like they're legit. Like no, they're four and seven. They're not a good team. They're not. So they have the worst for me. They have the worst secondary in the NFL. Like they're not a good team in any sense. But can they keep it within eleven? Yeah, that number is too high. There's value on the number, uh, but like. Can I bet C D Lamb 150 plus yards yet? Because let me know when I can, because <laughs> I'll be doing that.
1: Oh my gosh. I need I'll a siren
2: notification. Then?
3: So yeah. the commanders yeah. pretty much, they're out of it. I mean, losing to the Giants, I don't know how they make the playoffs at this point. Everyone's talking about Ron Rivera losing his job, new regime, new ownership. This is the year they're evaluating everyone and probably going to turn the page on many folks in that building all the way around. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how the commanders, even when Sam Howell is playing well, can keep up with Dak and this Cowboys offense. I just don't think they have the personnel. Uh, 11 is a lot of points. This is nasty. I don't know what to do. I'll just be on the commander's side. Why not? They do call it Dallas week here in Washington, (laughs) and Dallas doesn't do that. The commanders hate the Cowboys, and they take this very seriously. Maybe they find a way to cover this number before. They're completely dead for the season.
2: Cowboys don't even know they exist.
1: Exactly. They don't Rivalries. One-sided rivalry. Yeah, that's what it is. Is that... Yeah. Is that not the worst thing in sports, one-sided rivalries? Like, I can't stand mm-hmm. that. It's embarrassing. Like, I, I, the outcome can be one-sided, but the fact that only one team's taking it seriously, like, it, it's yep. it's obnoxious. You know, something like gnawing at an ankle. Like, I I, I don't like any of that. You realize, guys, that CeeDee Lamb, per next-gen stats, is leading the league in receptions over expected at 13.2, more than A.J. Brown, more than D.J. Moore, who's primarily utilized in, in that Bears offense. That, to me, is significant because even if the Cowboys do have a lead here, maybe they're not looking at this as a rivalry, but foot throttle, it's not coming off. And we've seen this in the other blowout wins for the Cowboys. I mean, this is what, the third straight uh, double-digit spread that they've faced here uh, or, or mm-hmm. something close to it. And we're like, you know what? I think the Cowboys can still cover it, or at least we're still debating it and you know thinking about the possibilities in our heads. Like, we're not automatically going with Washington here. The fact that Dak and company, even with a lead, will continue to pass the ball, I mean, what is it? Prescott has a pass rate over-expected uh, it's one of the higher ones over the last several weeks and he's doing it with massive leads. So that could be a great opportunity to back CD lamb or Jake Ferguson or somebody else. Also, perhaps a good reason, perhaps to fade Tony Pollard because they're not going to the rushing attack as much. I think the Cowboys more organically than anything else will try and run up the score. And so to me, 11 by that process is not as big of a number as say, if you're just looking at overall team strengths, Joe.
2: Cowboys have been favored by a touchdown or more five times this year. They're four and one against the spread. The only time they did not cover, they did not win. That was their outright loss at the Arizona Cardinals in week number three. So could that happen? Cowboys very different on the home at home versus uh, on the road, even though they, they took care of Carolina. By the way, the Cowboys didn't play well in that Carolina game. It wasn't one of those, oh my God, the Cowboys are suffocating them off to the races from the start. No, they could play a lot better. That's just, I thought that was more about how awful the Panthers are, no matter how many times they end up changing the coordinator. So, yeah, the Cowboys could absolutely cover it. They could, but I'm just thinking, you know, down 17, Commanders got the ball with a minute left. They, there is a backdoor cover uh, in that mm-hmm. game, but who knows? I mean, what do I, I want to bet? howell sacks we're getting back to that right (laughs) like we're going back to six sacks like where we were a few weeks ago
1: what do you think micah parsons
2: yeah how many can i yeah what 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 are the odds we won't get good value on it but sure if you want to go defensive props cowboy sacks over yes i'm all in on that
1: Mm -hmm. howell to throw an interception i think that's also a great look This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, the Thanksgiving leftovers, but maybe also the best games on the slate, 49ers, Seahawks, and then Black Friday, Dolphins, Jets. That's right here on the BetQL Network.
0: We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM
1: on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Let's get back to our Thanksgiving slash Black Friday games, and we will continue with the 49ers and the Seahawks. This line has moved slightly to 49ers minus six and a half. Uh, in part, it's gone from seven to six and a half because. Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll told reporters Geno Smith's elbow may take a few days to quiet down, but there's no structural issue there. So it looks like Smith will be available for that contest against the 49ers, which probably safe to say Seattle absolutely needs to win if they have any hope of winning the NFC West. So, Joe, how are you playing it?
2: Well, let me ask you this. If Geno is in, like Carroll is suggesting, where does this number go? Because it was at seven. When we it was a question mark, now Carol's like, hey, we're leaning towards Geno playing. Where is it if he does play? But let's assume not 100%, short week,
1: all that right. stuff. You are avoiding key numbers. Like, you're already past the seven. You're not going to get uh-huh. to the three. So I wouldn't be surprised if, say, it's a bit of a chunk, like five, maybe even four and a half.
3: Four and a half, okay. yeah.
2: Exactly. Yeah, like I, I wrote down five, like the number that we saw in Houston, Arizona, something like that, just that stuck, mm-hmm. stuck there because you can't go all the way down to four. I don't, I don't think that would be too much of a move. The look ahead with a healthy Geno was at four and a half. So how do you go to four uh, after mm-hmm. after that game, after they end up losing to the Rams uh, last week? So, uh, yeah, a road divisional matchup. It is something, man, looking at this and seeing the Seahawks being an underdog by this much at home. This does not happen very often. It, it was the perfect get-right spots for that Niners passing game last week. It's not going to be as easy this week, so they end up winning by what—a couple touchdowns at home against the Bucks. This is going to be a tougher one. And you know, I've had questions about Seattle. I, my my gut, my first reaction was, "Oh, it's a lock game. Oh, I'm going to lay it with San Francisco." But if it's going to be Geno, I that ends up changing a lot for me. I I'm having a, a tough time with this one. How about you guys? Do you have a strong opinion? Cause of the, so this is the third Thanksgiving uh, game we're talking about. This is the one I'm having uh, trouble with the most.
3: I feel like this is a Niners spot. If the Seahawks can't beat the Rams, what are the Niners going to do to them? I and I get it. There was injuries on the Seahawks side, but I just think the Niners are clicking on all cylinders right now. I don't have a problem with the six and a half. I'm laying the points with San Francisco.
1: We all agree. Drew Locke is abysmal or putrid yes. or pick your word to describe his quarterback play and really his career. Uh, unfortunate given all the expectations he had, but suffice to say, we all know this, you know, who else knows this Pete Carroll. He's got to know mm-hmm. this better as well as anybody because he has to see him all the time. So in that respect, like Geno Smith, he's a competitor. He is fierce. He's going to want to be out there no matter how limited he might be. And I have to think, given the importance of this game, that Pete Carroll also wants him out there because if Drew Locke is your starting quarterback, you're not winning this football game. No way, no how. In fact, you might get blown to smithereens because the 49ers are playing at a very, very high level right now. So in that respect, this is one of those times where normally I would be extra cautious about, okay, if the line moves because of a backup quarterback or a quarterback injury, whatever it is, okay, you may want to go and fade that direction. But in this particular instance, okay, let's say Geno Smith's good to go for this game come Thursday and the line goes down to, say, five, something like that, I'm backing the 49ers. This is probably a time where I want to wait and get a much better number knowing full mm-hmm. well that San Francisco is going to come ready to play.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seattle has won their last four home games since losing the season opener uh, to the LA Rams. Of course, uh, this weekend's game was uh, was on the road, but did they take down anybody big? No. Washington, that was a scare. They did not come close to covering that number. They win the game, but no cover. Cleveland was an impressive win, 24-20, putting 24 points on that defense. It's it's they're so tough to figure out because they've also had some no shows like that Rams no show, like the Ravens no show a few weeks ago, where it's just a, a, a total wrap. So, hmm, this is this is tough. So, if you're San Francisco, if you're Shanahan, how are you attacking the Seattle defense?
1: a lot well, of times it's pretty. Walker- easy. Kittle, you just go over the middle with Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. Maybe with some of those crossing routes, or maybe something closer to the numbers. I I think you have no problem utilizing your top receivers in a game like this, knowing full well that even if you like this pass defense by the Seahawks, like strength on strength, I'm backing the 49ers here. Yeah, I get it. Like if they just you have go too down, many
3: weapons.
1: Right, mm-hmm. right.
2: If you if we list off in this game. If you play that game of, okay, who are the five best players on the field? Both sides of the ball, both teams. Are they all Niners?
1: I think so. In all yeah. likelihood. Like, like CMC, we like... haven't talked about him. He's going to nope. be top five. Ayuk um, is going to be top five. Whatever Mark you Williams. think of Brock Purdy, at least he's going to be part of that conversation. Uh, Greenlaw. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Any one of those guys. Hufanga's out which that stinks, but I think mm-hmm. in this game, it's not going to matter. It might matter for the future, but yeah, position we're talking by about Position by position. Niners, Niners,
3: yeah. Niners, Niners. Like, there's just no yeah, competition. Right. You pull up the Seahawks' the depth advantage. chart. Exactly. And exactly. you're just like, uh, not here, not here, not here. Plus, a lot of the guys are questionable on the Seahawks, too. Even your boy Jake Bobo is injured. Uh, Kenneth Walker. Walker. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. No, it's fair
1: yeah. points. Fair point. Right. All We're right. talking about DK and JSN. Okay. And if Probably it is,
2: Gino, know,
3: yeah. no,
2: no. Where would they be on the Niners roster as far as receivers? Like, where would DK
1: fit in? <sighs> Probably your Practice deep threat squad. and nothing else. It, and, and, and I mean, it would be What'd part of say? a rotation effort, right?
2: Practice squad.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, they'd be that's like, no, that's Lockett. That's Lockett. Yeah, yeah Lockett might be washed. washed. DK's still got it. His abs are Bobo. still available.
2: Bobo would be stealing time from Debo.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my oh, gosh. Bobo from Debo. Is that how that works? It's not yeah. Bobo from Kittle. Yeah. That doesn't work. It's Bobo from Debo. That's that's how that goes. Um can we digress for just one moment real fast? Because the, the mm-hmm. whole Brock Purdy conversation, as far as mm-hmm. what to do with him and MVP and all that stuff. Like, I think this matters when handicapping this game and probably taking the 49ers over team total. If That's another prop that you will ultimately uh, cash in on, you know, Purdy, okay, yeah, he's top of the league in total EPA, and I've mentioned this many times, and certainly your MVP is going to be leading or close to leading that metric. But then you also look at some of the other metrics that I think bode well for Purdy as far as his MVP case. His targets have been open at a 46% clip. That's seventh highest in the NFL. Wide open rate is 21.5%, which is more like middle of the pack. So while Kyle Shanahan has been outstanding in terms of being a play designer, it's not perfect. It's good. It's really good, but it's not perfect. And I think what takes them over the top can very well be Brock Purdy. He's only throwing into tight windows 12% of the time. That's eighth lowest. He is put in positions to succeed, but so have other quarterbacks. And they haven't been as successful as Brock Purdy. And the fact that we are constantly, week after week, wrestling with this notion of if Brock Purdy is a good quarterback, i got to believe at some point the answer is ultimately going to be yes if the 49ers start to run away
2: Do they have to be the one? I mean, that's the question to ask. Do they have to be, do they have to take the one away from the Eagles for Brock Purdy to be the MVP? Like, just forget the AFC for a moment.
1: Mm. Sure. I think because of Jalen Hurts and the campaign for him, my answer would be yes. And fortunately, the Eagles and 49ers do play each other later in the year. So, definitely Purdy will have the opportunity. And definitely the value might be there if you uh, bet on him now. And I know Jason LaConfora has brought up a couple times like, okay, well, he's got an all-world left tackle, fine. And he didn't look good without mm-hmm. him. But are voters thinking that way? If they are, fine. But if they're not, then there's value and an opportunity for Brock Purdy, especially because he kind of has his future in his own hands. Right, Joe?
2: Yeah, there, there is that opportunity moving forward. I mean, look, they've got Seattle twice In these next three weeks, they've got Philadelphia on the road in in that mix. Uh, On Christmas Day, they've got Baltimore. That's a spot where everybody's going to be watching Mm -hmm. Christmas Day evening. So there's going to be opportunity to impress against some top-level defenses. Like, if he balls out against Baltimore, uh, yeah, that would be big. That that could be big for his candidacy. But, like, look, like we were talking about at the start of the show, go over the list. Almost everybody was bad this weekend. Yeah. Or you could say they got dinged. Almost everybody. Like, who's left that you would bump up? Like, oh, I guess Dak, because he won by a lot again. Josh Allen, maybe he didn't exit the conversation like we all thought. Because he was pretty good. And it's just everybody else was kind of bad. Yeah. When Lamar, Yeah. yeah, his story was covered up because Andrews goes out and then and then Burrows done for the year, so and he's there was a nobody that, up and that really jumped too, up. So. Right, yeah. right. Exactly. I mean, it's All, wide really open. Up. I
3: hated the Purdy argument before, but now that things are so much more wide open, <laughs> it I don't hate it as much. You, I'm Not going to bet it, we're, but I could.
2: We're voting today. Same odds. We're voting today. If you're writing down one of these names, are you writing down Purdy or Stroud? Stroud.
1: I am writing down Purdy.
0: Stroud.
1: I knew Paul would say Stroud. Right. And he would say <laughs> it like Stroud. Minus 10,000 delivery. <laughs> I'd probably go Stroud.
2: But the three interceptions this week was tough. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's going to happen, though. I mean, he's a rookie. But, but, I, but yeah, I think I am going to see him without any
2: that. You take Stroud away from that right. team well, versus taking 30 away from whereas,
0: team. Right. Exactly. I think you could plug in Drew Locke
2: to this
1: offense. Oh my maybe God. Have
0: a similar level. No. Okay. That
1: no, might be a little extreme. That might be a little extreme. That was a that's shot a, across the bow and me. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But
0: yeah, you can't put Brock Purdy in Houston and get what CJ Stroud is doing. I will say that. No, for, for sure. You know um, let me throw one bomb at you. Cause that and I talked about before the show. And this is just under the guise of, because it's wide open and always my guy kind of or has been in the past. Jags get the number one seed in the AFC, which means Trevor Lawrence would have to go nuclear. But, like, look, they're top. They're, what, a half game back, one win behind Baltimore. So it's very much in play for them to get the number one seed. They beat the Texans this weekend, obviously, would be part of this. They get the number one seed in the AFC. Is there any case for Trevor Lawrence just because it's so wide open? He's at a huge number right now. He has one 300-yard game this year. This even this yeah. even this past week was not
2: it. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Too well. He had, he got into the end zone four times. Like that was right. But you're right. Yeah, against a poor defense in Tennessee. So I'm looking at the defenses he's going to be facing. It's just I I know what you're saying. Let's live in that world for a minute. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then then yeah, he he would be in the on that very short list, but Cincinnati, Cleveland, Baltimore in 3 straight weeks is going to be Rough for him. Cincinnati, playing right Cincinnati's now. dead. Yeah, their defense Cleveland, is good. I, and Arumo's right. good. Yeah, their defense
0: is pretty that's good. It's hit and miss. They're hit and miss. But yeah. Yeah. That's but that, that's, But that's, I mean, Cleveland, the case Baltimore would be. Back back. Right. But the Baltimore game's a primetime game. So if you're talking about opportunity, he takes it mm-hmm. like they'd have to win that game, primetime game, have a big night. But yeah. Now, the last. But if we're, again, three? If we're
2: making the Josh Allen case. The last three mm-hmm. awful pass defenses: Tampa, Carolina, right. Tennessee. So he's if he's in the conversation, so got to win at those games point, and then stack numbers. Yeah.
1: yeah, right. But and the other thing too is: is he more than compensating for a lack of passing yards with a good ground game? Like, is he taking off a lot? Are his scrambles mm-hmm. like Justin Fields esque? They really haven't been. So there's not really one thing you can point okay. to at Trevor Lawrence to say he. Specifically, and in a vacuum, is why the Jaguars are playing so well. I think the the weak strength of schedule. That's probably what this is all going to get chalked up to, and that's not going to help his MVP case at all.
2: Yeah. Um, Are we sure that? Yeah. Are we Jets? Are we sure that Tim Boyle is worse? Is worse than Zach Wilson? Because the point spread adjustment. I'm like, wait, really?
1: From seven and a half to 10. So two and a half (laughs) points.
2: I know, but I'm just, yeah, I probably won't watch it to be honest, but are we sure that Tim Boyle is two and a half points worse than Zach Wilson? No, but are we sure it shouldn't have been
0: 10 with Zach Wilson?
2: No, I'm not fair. I mean, Hey, that with that offensive line, probably should have already been ten, Right. Mm Hmm.
1: Is it more process-driven, I wonder, in a game like this, where Mm -hmm. it is just like that? Like, what if Tim Boyle and Zach Wilson are the same? Wilson's going to be quarterback three on the roster here. I I wonder if, say, it's synonymous, where, like, the offensive line is still bad. After Garrett Wilson, how much do you trust these receivers anyway? So I don't know if it's an improvement, but it could be exactly the same. The spread's not saying that much. So now I have questions. The three. Just release them, man.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> Put him out
1: of his misery. <laughs> Ew. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. We know we'll have more on this game and we will have lightning bets Most. as well. All of that's after the break right here on the BetQL Network.
2: We'll be right back with BetQL Daily
1: presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to Make Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Oxford here with you. Uh, We'll get to our lightning bets in a bit, but first let's put a bow on our convo between uh, the Jets and the Dolphins happening on Black Friday. Uh, Connor Allen uh, tweeted out this fun nugget. Uh, Career NFL stats for Tim Boyle, 60% completion rate, three touchdowns, nine interceptions. When he was at UConn in college, 48.4% completion rate, 4.5 yards per attempt, one touchdown, 13 interceptions. So he's making the case that Tim Boyle is worse than Zach Wilson, but can you get worse than Zach Wilson? (sighs) Maybe they just both suck.
2: Yes. Or how about any quarterback would suck behind that line and on that team and with Hackett. You know, there's, Eh. there's that angle too. Aaron Rodgers would pass away on the field. But thankfully we are not oh, going to see that. You would like that. No, I'm just saying. No, I didn't say oh, I would god. like that. Horvy would be crying oh, so you know sending flowers terrible. And, it's terrible. And, yeah. I didn't I didn't say I wish it. I just said what could happen.
1: Oh my so god. Killed off so what many people already. <laughs> it's also possible in this game what? too that Miami could be more of a defensive team. Like, are we starting no. to see that shift where maybe Miami's offense is starting to have some problems And just that, like, it can't just be the Tyreek Hill show. They need to do more on the ground, and I get a chance not been healthy. That's that's part of it. But maybe this is something where Miami's still winning games, but it's more defensively. And if that's the case, then isn't 10 just too many points.
2: I think under's a play. Right? Mm. There's still... All right, there's 41s out there. That's weird. It was 40 earlier this morning. How is this game going over? Uh, uh, Dolphins offensive explosion, right? I guess people are betting the over because the total in a Miami Dolphins game shouldn't be that low, but I would say look at the matchup. Look what the Dolphins offense has not been doing. Dolphins defense playing better, like you mentioned. Awful quarterback play. It's going to be ugly and low scoring.
1: It happens. It happens. And it's fine. Like, I think we keep forgetting, like, okay, we see the ceiling and it's higher than any other ceiling in football. But look Mm -hmm. at actually what they've done over the last few games. It's been okay, but it hasn't been world beating. And I want to look at that a good bit more than just the, the two or three isolated examples where they went crazy. And look, the defense is playing better. They're getting healthier. Like, it's not a knock against them. It just means that, hey, look, they're a good football program in general. So if the defense is reigning supreme, especially going up against Tim Boyle, that's just how they win the football game. But 10 is too much, and bet the under, and Joe, I like that approach.
2: All right. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to watch the game. Guess what? Going against all these college matchups (laughs) on on Friday? Mm -hmm. We do not have. I actually think people are going to forget that that game's on Amazon. And it's like, oh, this is garbage. I don't want to watch Tim Boyle. Like, no, I'm out.
1: (laughs) You don't have to. I I find that like when you have the Amazon game going up against like other games, there's always Mm -hmm. that issue because like, you know, in the old days you could just flip through channels or just do the jump button or picture in picture, whatever you want to do. But now you have to exit one app and then go into another app. And that gets time consuming trying to flip in commercials or whatever. And that obnoxiousness at some point has to affect your viewing, especially if the game stops getting interesting. Right, Joe?
2: Yeah. I'm sure that the executives think that it's a positive for them because if they're watching the game, they're not going to leave due to that nuisance. I would say in this Mm -hmm. case, with the games going on at the same time, that it's probably going to hurt you because Not many people in this free world are going to be like, I'm locked in Jets, Dolphins tonight. No questions asked. I'm not going anywhere else. (laughs) So certain times it helps, certain times it hurts. But you're right. And, you know, I'm part of the problem. I fall into that. Once the Thursday Night Football game goes on, I'm not changing the channel. I've made that mistake. Right. So Mm -hmm. I guess
1: I fall for it. You are locked in to the game. Thank you. Right. yes (laughs) Yes, exactly right yes uh two college basketball bets for you guys uh taking gonzaga uh minus 12 and a half against syracuse uh last game for the bulldogs the three-point shooting was absolutely abysmal but three-point shooting as we know is a high variance play i gotta think gonzaga will be back it's not going to be something where beyond the arc they're going to continue to struggle i think they will be just fine bouncing back here so Gimme Gonzaga there plus Syracuse like you know what kind of direction do they have at this point So there's that too. and then uh, James Madison Southern Illinois over 146 and a half expecting a lot of points in this affair. James Madison plays at the second highest pace in the country. Southern Illinois does rank 296 and so sort of splitting it down the middle mm-hmm. might make sense. but I think the better team, will dictate pace of play and force the Salukis to play up-tempo a little bit more, especially as they're trailing. So tons of points, tons of possessions, over 146.5, Joe.
2: All right, I'm going to start with an NBA play. And wow, this Hawks-Pacers total is just crazy. It's already above 250. Right now, but that's not where I'm going. I'm going to the side. The Pacers are a four-point dog. It's an in-season tournament night. Pacers don't have much to live for aside from winning this in-season tournament, and they are live. They're 2-0 so far. Let's see if they can make it 3-0, but I'm getting four points at Atlanta, so I'm going to take the four uh, with Indy. And I'm going to give out college football plays, some that we went over. Ohio State, Michigan, under 46.5 is now the number Love that play. Uh, I, I would be shocked at if it even comes close. It feels like it's going to be another one of those Big Ten games. Michigan's only running the ball. Uh, two defensive-minded teams playing under there. Alabama-Auburn, both have had offensive issues all season long, and uh, that total is even higher at 49. So I'm going to play the under there. And then game that we did not get to, Florida. I'm playing Florida, plus six and a half. This could. This is going to go one of two ways. It's going to go, look, they're rallying around and with Jordan Travis going down or they're completely deflated. And I'm just guessing that it's going to be the latter. I'm really curious what the committee does tonight with them. I'm sure that might be our lead tomorrow, what they end up doing with the Knolls, especially if they bounce them out. Because remember, last week with a healthy Travis, they had him number four. So will they slide them down uh, just one slot and uh, everybody's up in arms yelling about that one. But I'm going to take Florida uh, plus six and a half. They've uh, they've hung in there with – I mean – it's been tough. I know they're on a four-game losing streak, but they just played Georgia, LSU, Missouri. Like the schedule's been brutal. Brutal. And with Travis, Florida State has played a lot of close wins. Boston College, Clemson was overtime. Miami was a one-score game. So, and I'm going to take Florida Gators plus six and a half. Love
3: it. I'm going to circle back to our power rankings and put my money where my mouth is and bet the bucks plus 410 Gross. to win the division. Only the Saints are just slightly better than them in DVOA. Similar schedules. so I just think you're getting some good value there on what is a wide-open division race in the disgusting NFC South. College football, I'm going Ohio State-Michigan. I'm going to do first half under 23-and-a-half. I like the under for the full game, but I'm just going to stick to the first half in that one. And I love Oregon minus 13 and a half against Oregon State. I think this is a very motivated Ducks team. I think they're just going to lay it on Oregon State. A lot to prove. Bo Nix is also trying to win the Heisman. And they're trying to make the college football playoff with one loss. So they have a lot to prove still in this rivalry game. I I wanted to make a play on CeeDee Lamb. Guess what his prop is? guess
1: what is oh, it no.
2: for yards
3: 95 90. and a half
2: 95
3: oh. brutal Jeez. right yeah yeah
2: then it's up there i'm
3: just gonna pass on that for now and There's i'm also reason. probably gonna bet the niner side but it just came down to seven i'm gonna wait hopefully it comes down a little more and then i'll bet it uh but i'll hold off for now i think i'll get a better opportunity if i wait a little bit paul
0: I'm on that Pacers play, uh, plus four for sure. And I'm thinking about getting a little, a little weird. Like 251. Uh Uh We do like Trey Young, Trey Young points times Halliburton points, or like Halliburton double at 40 to 1, or like Halberton PRA. Uh, I don't know. There's there's some different things I'm looking at. I'll, let's, let's throw the triple double out there. He's been flirt he's flirted with it a few times. Uh but the the points and assists are going to be there. Can he get the boards? I think he's topped out at 8. So he's gotten in the neighborhood. I think just going to be a ton of shots, ton of possessions. Hawks not the best rebounding team in the world by any means. So 40 to 1 for a triple double for Halberton.
1: 40 to 1. Wow. Nicely nice done. I like that. We, we mentioned earlier in the show, uh, cranberry sauce. Uh, we're all saying hell no on that. Is there any other food on your Thanksgiving spread, Joe, that is also a hell no, that's not going to be on your plate?
2: Hmm. No.
1: Gravy's tricky. Honestly. You can have bad
0: gravy. Like
2: Really? What makes gravy, gravy bad?
0: I don't know, but I've had it like, like bad, it was in bad my bad house, gravy. like my mom would ref- my mom would refuse to make the gravy or maybe it was my dad one of them refused because they all screwed it up. I think it was my dad because his sister also won't make gravy it's like a family thing I don't know they don't know how to do gravy
2: no no when I when I think of Thanksgiving sides <laughs> they're all so good stuffing the potatoes my mother-in-law is an awesome cook like all the, her sweet potato casserole which I never used to like yeah. like it is off the charts like there's I like it all. Mac and cheese is awesome. Like, it's hard. This is why Thanksgiving's the best holiday. The food is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like, what's what else is bad? Like, what else, you know? Pies a are great.
3: cranberry sauce, really.
2: Yeah, nobody touches okay. it. It just sits there. I'm, I'm going to say
0: don't something put it, inflammatory. Don't put out a salad.
1: A salad. Go ahead, Jake. Yeah, I, salad. I'm good.
0: I'm good on pumpkin pie. I'm good. It's just not well, yeah. for me. It's just like, eh, uh, I'm like, good. It's the only time of the year Like, I'll have. do a dollop. Yeah, like, I'll do a s- little, like, scoop. a will dollop. You would, like, I'm not going to reach the pie, take a of scoop pie. You would that. be a, a dollop, dollop of pie guy. I'm not What's a big dessert guy. guy. I'm not a big dessert guy. Yeah. Uh, We're not fair. a big pumpkin show.
1: No. I <laughs> love pumpkin. Thanks for watching and listening oh, okay. to Make <laughs> You All Daily, presented by <laughs> MGM For those listening, next up is Jim Rome. For those watching on Twitch and YouTube, stay tuned for the Daily Tip. Take care, everybody.